Well, as I said earlier, this is uh, what the people in, on sitcoms would call a crossover. No, not just sitcoms, but any television series would call a crossover. Uh, because we're about to speak on the air on JMN with Miriam L. Wallach. And, uh, and, and say it again. I said, is that so unusual? Not unusual, but it's unusual in that this segment is then going to be used later on. Yes. Uh, for your listeners who are tuned into That's Life starting at 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time here on the Nahum Siegel Network. So, yeah, even the crossover is not that unusual for us, but unexpected this time. So, I guess. It's like Ted Danson on Frasier. Exactly. I that's, know. I get it. That's the whole point. So, <laughs> there you go. That was so inside baseball. So, welcome to a Thursday. Thank you. And uh, Welcome back to you. Appreciate that very much. Landed this morning after a uh, quick adventure with our friends at Nefesh Benefesh. <sighs> it is inspiring to be among a group of people that have made a commitment to live in Israel. Um, all from North America, of course, from so many different places in North America. That was crazy. In fact, we, in the series of interviews, not only are there a lot of people on the plane from different areas of North America, different states and provinces, etc. We actually reflected that in the people that we were speaking with. Some from Delaware, some from Texas. Um, and, of course, New York and New Jersey well represented. Uh, but it was really a nice array of, uh, of people with tremendous diversity, not just geographically, but other ways as well. And um, for the first time in three years, for the first time in three years, the last charter flight was in 2019. I know. I was on it. For the first time <laughs> in three years, <sighs> a charter flight with the ceremony and the whole thing. Wow. Very, different in some ways, especially on the Israel side. Different in some ways, but uh, what can I say? It's very inspiring and pretty amazing, frankly. I heard there was a safer Torah that accompanied. The yeah, flight. the to you know it's funny because there've been Torahs on other flights mm -hmm. on other charters, as you remember. Pilatowski's correct. Talking. You may recall that, and um, this was a Torah that was dedicated to the four parents of the two people making Aliyah, older people who are making Aliyah, and uh, the Torah was dedicated in the memory of their uh, of their parents. Um, who lived in Poland during the war. And the Torah was written in a town, in a neighboring town from where they lived. Wow. And the family had purchased the Torah with the intention of eventually getting it to Israel. Now it's going to be in Efrat at the Olim's, uh, under the jurisdiction of the Olim's uh, son, who's already in Efrat. So that, that was yet another great piece to it, you know, and just the, the pictures and the of watching him carry that Torah oh. off of the plane and people hesitating to want to sit near the Torah because, you know. <laughs> they could have put it in the seat next to you. I guess. <laughs> but anyway. Do you want water? <laughs> that was really something. So, yeah, that was a, that was a big highlight. And um, in general, it was just a, you know, the, the re renewed and revived spirit uh, among the Nefesh Benefesh people, and we discussed this on the air with um, Tony Gelbart, because obviously there are people who question the necessity and the cost of a charter flight. Mm. But then you get to this whole thing, this this amazing collective experience, and it just completely outshines the group flights and all the other things that right. Nefesh does, as great as they are. So, And the 75,000th 75, Olev was recognized with a special sign as he got off the plane. So that was cool. Wonder how they decided that. <laughs> a few months from now, we may get the inside story on that one. <laughs> or may not, as the case <laughs> right. may be. But tell me about the reuniting. I mean, I have to imagine, because you and I had taken so many flights together, that just seeing the people that we usually sit with in that section of the plane, it was probably, I mean, yeah, seeing 
seeing everybody year after year is nice. Yeah. But then seeing people you haven't seen in years. I have a feeling what you're alluding to. You're alluding to the first party. Did you hear the first party yesterday's show? Did you hear the first part of the show for the play? I didn't. Oh, you didn't hear it? No, I'm really just asking. Oh, I apologize. I thought I'm that just that's, asking. I thought that's where you were going. Well, way to call me out. I'm kidding. I'm relaxed. <laughs> Everybody that, calm down. I thought that that's where you were heading. No, no, no. Because um, I, I felt the need. Look, there are a lot of new people on that flight. Oh, really? Yeah. There are, you oh, know, you, you talk about, no, this is not, you know. No, I'm just saying. Nefesh Benefesh has gotten very large. Right, right. A lot of people have new responsibilities. Okay. You know, there's certain people on the flight who've been there many times before, but then there's, you know, people that we are used to working with who are not there. Was Russell on the flight or he just, no. met, he met you there? He he was at the bottom of the flight, the bottom Got of the it. stairs when, uh, when the people started uh, coming off the plane. Right. Russell Robinson from JNF. Sorry. Right. Who gave me a really nice greeting. That was really beautiful. Um, I wonder if you thought I was making Aliyah. It's possible. <laughs> well, I, every year we right. used to get off the plane. Oh, don't oh, worry. Uh, I, I use the line of I'm making Aliyah for a day way too often this trip. And I have a funny story to tell you about that. But anyway. All right. But tell me about the old timers, so, new timers. So, um, you know, I wanted to, you know, it's no secret that uh, you would have, if you were on the plane, you would have started the show with me. You would have ended the show with me. And those were really the two segments of the show that were very different right. uh, than they than what people were used to in the past. So I wanted to get some familiarity on the air. And this is what I thought you were alluding to because who started the show with me? I don't know. Who? Shachar Azrad. Oh, no way. And what's funny about it. Was he good? Well, he's good on the air, as we know, because we've right. spoken to him before on the air. But what was funny about it is that, you know, Shachar's a traditional Jew. Whatever, however you want to classify anybody. that you know, And he's great and we love him. Correct. Yeah. And he's a traditional Jew. Uh, who has fallen in love with this country, meaning the U.S., and spends a lot of time here, and loves traveling to different parts yeah. of the world. But he, in his in his discussion with me, turned very serious, very serious. I was so glad afterwards that he actually started the show with me. Turned very serious about the anti-Semitism going on mm. around the world, including in the United States. Mm. And he basically sent, I, I, I'd have to listen to the recording of the show to confirm this. He basically said to American jury that, you know, it's time to move to Israel. Wow. Yeah, it's basically what he said. Oh, my word. And so obviously he knows his history right, and he right. knows the situation. And I asked him about the difference between Europe. He's actually heading to Germany in the next week or two. So I asked him the difference between Europe and, uh, and the U.S. And he said, there may be a difference, but not much of a difference. Oh. <gasps> So that was a really interesting way to start the show, especially because, you know, the Aliyah piece has gotten a lot of regularity, mm -hmm. you know, not to minimize the heroism of those making Aliyah. Sure. I never will, will, uh, will minimize that. Although it's funny, I landed in Israel and I, and someone said to me, was it very different? And I said, you know, it, it, it is different in that it is so commonplace now. So they said to me, oh, so you weren't traveling with Jewish heroes anymore? I said, whoa. Oh, settle whoa. down. I was traveling with Jewish heroes. Oh. <laughs> but, but there Danger, is. Danger, Will Robinson. Everybody calm down. But as, you, but as you get older and as you go through this many, many times. Yeah. It's 20 years since they started Nefesh Benefesh. Um, you know, you start to feel a little bit more of the regularity. Um, so it was interesting. So with that atmosphere or with that feeling that I was getting, cause again, I was out of practice three years, right? It was good to start on that note mm. that let's look at today right. and what's going on. And we never want people to move obviously out of negative reasons, but, but consider what's happening here and in other parts of the world. And in general, I mean, the Aliyah efforts, both Nefesh Benefesh who are officially in North America and, and England, 
uh, and those who are in other countries. That, that's one of the things about this trip that I learned from other meetings that I had was what's going on in other countries regarding Aliyah. I mean, I got stories to tell you. I, I don't even know if some of these are public, frankly. I mean, I'll share them with you, mm. but not on the air. But there's there are efforts going on that are just to be admired in terms of how people are coordinating um, group trips. And I mean group trips, meaning meaning neighborhoods that want to move collectively to Israel. I'm not just talking about, you know, I'm talking about real groups that want to move to Israel. Do you remember the shul? There was a shul in Queens, I think, a number of years ago that they, that basically the, I mean, the shul wasn't enormous, right? It's not like the youngest role of Woodmere with its thousand plus families deciding, okay, we're all going to go now. Right. But it was a shul in Queens that had X number of families and they decided as a kahila that it was time to make Aliyah, right. them and their Rav, and they all picked up, and they were on that flight. Yeah, that's the Rabbi Riskin model, right? Uh, although he didn't really do it with all of his friends and neighbors from one area, but it's happening now in Baltimore, I was told. It's happening really? in South America. It is happening in France like crazy to the credit of somebody who who whose name would be familiar to certain people out there. I mean, it's just it's, it's really remarkable what's happening. Anyway, look. When, when we started our association with Nefesh Benefesh, what could we have hoped for more than this thing would just continue to explode and grow yeah. and, you know, and, and look what they've done. And everybody who's doing anything are all meeting with Nefesh Benefesh, all getting advice from them, you know, et cetera. You know, they have their lane, North America and England, and they've determined that that's where they're staying at the moment. But anybody who's doing anything around the world is consulting with them. And certainly the Jewish agency is recommending people consult right. with them in order to get it done. So Our first flight with them was for the bar mitzvah, right? Was their bar mitzvah was 13 years, no? Doesn't that make sense? Well, that would be, would that be... Uh, was it 10 years? Would that be 2005? When I was don't know. What year are we in? No, it can't be 05. I mean, 2015. No, but we were there before. So then maybe it was 10 years. Then we've been doing this with them for 10 years? Well, we did a flight. We definitely did the 2014 flight that you and I could talk about for hours. So we definitely did the 2014 flight. Well, 2014, we did two flights, no? Right. Do you not remember? Right. Let's take a moment. Right. So, which means to, automatically to, 2013, we did a flight. I yes, can't imagine. But we did 2014. We did two flights because of Correct. So just to just because you and I are now having a private conversation on the air, and there happen to be thousands of people listening, we're going to fill everybody in. So in 2014, during Sukaytan, we were already scheduled to be on the August flight. And in those days, there was a flight in July. Right, there was a charter flight in July, and there was a charter flight in. August. So we were scheduled to be on the August flight. What happens? July, Tsuketan breaks out, and every member of the media from Israel decides that they have to stay in Israel, right. which we obviously understood. So um, all of a sudden, we were then invited by Nefesh to take two seats on this flight as well. Right. Figure out a different kind of broadcast. It's obviously not, it is not going to have a techist. There will not be a ceremony when everybody lands the same way everybody's expecting it because there were real concerns. You couldn't have everyone out on the tarmac, right? There were, I mean, there was, was when we left. There was a. Uh, no, 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 we're not there. You talk, they, I I'm mean, just you're kidding. little, I know, but you're, I, Nachum. <sighs> I <laughs> just let me tell this story. Uh, anyway, so what happens? You decide a week in advance. That, you know, we basically knew a week in advance that that these seats were available, and Nefesh was in touch with us, and you said I'm in. Right. So I had my own concerns. Right. Right. There's it, a war after all. There is. It, it, there's I happens. can't pass up a good war. Right. <laughs> Nachum, I'm in. Miriam, there's a war. Okay. So what happens? We. I decide that I'm going to be on this flight also. And certainly have concerns. And if you remember, there was 
in JFK, where usually there's a massive gathering of people, families sending people off, et cetera, et cetera. It's pretty tense. Oh, yeah. It's pretty tense. Um, and to the credit of everyone who was on that flight, every Ola on that flight, no one who was supposed to make Aliyah that day changed their mind. Right. They were all on that flight. No do you remember do you remember who spoke at the at the ceremony? It's funny. I, I'm, I'm only pausing. I would say normally no, but I'm only pausing because I can remember the scene. I remember exactly where it uh -huh. was. Who was speaking? And you remember, I'll, I'll give you the speaking? message Tell and me. you'll figure out. Okay, so what was the message? The message of this Israeli diplomat who was an ambassador to this to Oh, so it was Ido. Yeah. Ido Aroni. Correct. So he got up and he said that his family made Aliyah. Right. right when? Kippur War. Correct. So when he, nobody was making Aliyah. So he knew exactly right. what every one of these Olim right. was feeling, was 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 experiencing because he did it. Right. He did it. And so he knew exactly. And he, and he said, and he gave them such chizuk, gave them such strength and inspiration that forget don't turn back you're like this is it this is why you're doing it you're doing it because jewish blood matters and this is our state and let's go and so it there was and at that moment is when the dancing started correct all of a sudden i mean we're all tense everybody is really on pins and needles he speaks he inspires everyone and then there's dancing right i mean i remember it i i have chills now it's so many years ago so we get on this plane we get on this plane and I'm admittedly nervous. You remarkably calm. It's <laughs> <laughs> all in the hands of God. Right, exactly. So all of a sudden I notice as we're taxiing that there are, there's a police escort. The plane has a police escort. Okay. So I look at you and I said, we have a police escort down the runway to which someone else turns around and says, forget that, there are police boats in the water. Right. And I'm like, oh my God. There at are, Kennedy Airport. At yeah. Kennedy Airport, there were police boats in the water to, that. to make sure. When did we do the show? We didn't. Remember, you called in the next morning from you girls. That was it. Yes. Because I'm saying to myself, there was none on the plane. There was no I don't show remember on that doing plane. one there. Correct. Well, we did a lot of talking to people, et cetera, et cetera. Right. And instead, you called in. Right. I think Montes covered that morning. Right. And you yeah, called now it's in. Coming back. There you go. Um, and so that was that experience. But we spent only the day in Israel. And then what happened that night? We that night was a massive policy change for us, remember? What happened? We made that decision that night. You and I. Right. You were on a flight that was not L. You were on an LL flight. Correct. And I was on a non-LL flight. Right. And Be my flight did not take off because the, the airline carrier refused to leave. Correct. Uh, refused to fly. So we ended up splitting up. I ended up staying in the airport and ended up going through Geneva, if I'm not mistaken, mm -hmm. the next morning. Right. Literally stayed in the airport. I mean, Nine got, hours. Got very familiar with the Pizza Hut lady. Uh-huh. And um, <laughs> I remember that. And there was one, uh, there was one um, outlet in that area to charge my phone, <laughs> which I found, thank God, before anybody else Resourceful did. Resourceful you so are, yeah. yeah. And that was a uh, and that was a rough night, but uh, eventually. Right, so what happened, do you remember what happened in the airport? Yeah, a red alert. There a, was a red alert. Yeah, a siren, and, and everyone dropped their luggage. Right, so what happens? <laughs> <laughs> so they're all of a sudden, I mean, there's a red alert. You have to leave your bags, and you have right. to go into shelter. But it's Ben-Gurion. Right. There's no, I mean, where are you going? So they Where usher, you're not supposed to leave an unattended bags. bag. Right, right. <laughs> so we're all uh, being ushered into stairwells, right. etc. And, of course, you can tell the difference between the Israelis 
and the chutznikim, right? Because right? what happens? All the chutznikim, myself included, are terrified, are crying, are shaking, are this, and all the Israelis are just walking to the stairwell. Yeah, like they do every exactly, other exactly. But then you turn around and you see. 40,000 unattended bags, right. which under normal circumstances would be its own red alert. Right. But here it was totally just exactly. Crazy. There was no Chayfetz Chashud. There were 40,000 Chayfetz Chashuds. So we go into the, we go into the stairwell and, you know, sooner or later they tell us all to go back and the bags are where we left they them. They were all there. Exactly. But what was the policy change that night? The Nachum Siegel Network decided that night that what? Staff travels together. Correct. So if we all get, so if someone gets bounced, everyone gets bounced. Right. Oh, gosh, craziness. Uh, speaking about the uh, journey to Israel, so here are a couple of funny things that happened. Yes. Because I, I did, I will be honest, I suffered from massive FOMO. Oh, really? Total, total FOMO. And I... It was very unusual. If there's, if there's a show that really... Yeah. Um, personified this yep. radio team, uh, that would probably be the example that mm -hmm. we would send to the Museum of Broadcasting, right? It would be one of those shows from the plane. And, and I, our show from Pittsburgh. Right. And I'll yeah. tell you that the, um, the, the, the person that was, uh, you know, obviously I self-produced the show. People out there may not understand the difference, but you mm. get it. I self-produced the show, which is very hard to do. I don't have to tell you. But we had someone working on production of guests on the flight. Um, who was just great, Avichai, who was just fantastic. Thank mm. God. So he was able to sit the. He guests. didn't even get my training course. He. It, it, I usually people should was, understand it, it, if I don't have to if I can't produce something and somebody else is pinch hitting. I usually yeah, literally. But it, was, but it was it was it was. I give them ten minutes on how to but produce. He was not Siegel. producing the show. Oh, he was just providing guests, but doing a but great. But that's right. But that's it, a yeoman's effort. It's still ten percent of the job. But Way right. to go, Avichai! Right. Anyway, people, especially on the flight, by the way. Correct. People do correct. not want to move. There's uh, not a lot of room. They're in their seat. Right. I had a guest city. I had a guest. I just got my meal. I had a guest seated. <laughs> right. And then all of a sudden they said it's turbulence. Got to go back to your seat. I said I have a guest seated. What do you care where they sit? If they're sitting in the seat, <laughs> let me do the interview. No. Right. Now, if you would have been there, oh. that that would not have been a problem. So yeah, it was it was an unusual. Situation. I would have bullied my way in. Is that what you're trying to say? <laughs> so it was an unusual situation. I anyway, it's a compliment. So I get off the plane, and eventually we leave the airport, um, and um, I, I see a variety of people. One of the people I see is Ari Przansky. Oh, and he. I had been told by somebody on the flight that he had relatives who were making aliyah. Nice, there nice. at the airport. The whole thing. There were not many people at the airport, but I'm sure they were discouraged from coming. But he was there. And uh, I told him I'd be spending Shabbos in Benayashurin because of a family simchus. That was funny. You know, Why would they be discouraged from coming? Because they, they I, I think at this point, they're, look, the crowd is very small. So really? I'm assuming that, that they're encouraging people not to come because if they were encouraging people. If they wanted a big crowd, they'd encourage people to come. So I'm not sure what the situation is or the setup of the Terminal 1. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I don't know. Okay. But anyway, he was there. And uh, he, and he like, like so many, and I don't know if he was joking or not. But he says to me, oh, you're finally here, you know, uh, because, of course, that's, you know, the joke. Right. I'd already answered 10 times how, you know. <laughs> now we're the fakers. You, you should see how Rabbi Fess's eyes roll when I walk off the plane, <laughs> like, you know. <laughs> uh, especially because for years, you and I were the first people off the plane. Correct. Because we had to we get had to into Ben show, Gurion, right. right. Correct. Anyways, I, so he says, what, so, what, what, so how long are you going to be here? You know, if you're not making all the eyes, I'll be here till tonight. Right. <laughs> So he says, he says, what are the lines that I will cherish forever <laughs> in terms world. of these flights? He says, oh, you'll be interviewing the Yardim on the way back. Oh, <laughs> that was a great one. Oh, way to go. <laughs> that was such a great line. 
Oh my god! So kudos to Ryan Brzezinski for that. Yeah, I used. I mean, we used to joke, right, that we're the only people that Nefesh Benefesh gives round trip tickets. To. Right, and I, I, um, I, I don't remember the number. You and I could probably figure it out. Uh, but as people were asking me, uh, you know, if I'm staying in Israel, if I'm making Aliyah, I said, well, I've made an I made Aliyah for one day eight times. You know, like yeah. we've done the one day Aliyah. I've done seven. Right. So exactly. You know, it's uh, anyway. So that was a. Um, uh, those were a couple of funny moments, but the uh, look, the show went well. The flight was was different. There's the the procedural stuff that that you and I remember being done in a makeshift office that would be set up in the mm-hmm. front of the plane. You remember that from years ago? Sure. It's now basically Avi Levine uh, running with an app running the Israeli <laughs> government from his seat. That's basically what it is. Oh my god! And uh, you know, and it's it's incredible the trust that the government has given Nefesh Benefesh, right? In terms of this whole procedure, because I mean, they are really doing and processing everything. There's almost almost nothing that has to be done when people get to the airport. Can you imagine what it used to be? Even with them, it used to be you know, crazy. Still, people's names right. would be called, families would be dealt with individually, Sitting for hours, and all the yeah. forms, etc. Here, it's basically you know, uh, rest for a bit, get your luggage, make sure it's going to the right place, head to the car that you have to go to in order to get to your new home, etc. Grab a barreca. Right. Uh, so that was the. Um, that was the <laughs> that was the whole thing, and uh, you know, Nefesh Benefesh could probably help the uh, American consulate with their um, visa problems and their processing problems. That right now, you know, evidently can take like six months for somebody to get a visa. Maybe we should just give it to Avi. Oh yeah, maybe. You I can don't just swipe. Things. I don't know if he has the same connections here as he has just in Israel. Things. I'm not sure it would work, but we'll who just knows? swipe things. <laughs> I don't know. There's be- an app for that. Well, yeah, it wasn't an app, but it's just, it's funny watching the whole thing go on, especially in comparison to years ago, but, um, but that's that. I, uh, so amazing though. Yeah. So amazing. I, uh, still, there's certain moments that are just so incredible. The 42 lone soldiers leading the Hatikva at the end of the JFK mm. ceremony uh, and the different t-shirts that people create right. for their families. That's um, amazing. I, I kept announcing that. And uh, there was cake, right? There was a big cake. There's always a big yeah, cake. Of course. And, and Rabbi Fast took a picture with his daughter, daughter. Uh, at that cake and then posted the picture of the, him and his daughter 20 years earlier, um, cutting the cake at the very first charter flight, which right. was 63 flights ago. Um, Call a kavod. It was funny. Avi says to me, I said, I've said, have you been on all 63? He goes, well. Remember, there were there were years where there were two a day, you know, from mm. that, that took off from Newark and from Kennedy, etc. But I've been, you know, I've been on every one that I could have been. You know, I can't be on two flights at once, but I've been on except for one. He says to me, except for one, and I have never heard the end of it. <laughs> I said, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. If I was your boss, I would do the exact same thing. Right. Don't worry. <laughs> it's totally on brand, as very, the kids would say. Very funny. Um, so yeah, that moment, of course, with the soldiers and the soldiers with the group picture once they're off the plane, which is pretty remarkable. All my conversations with the lone soldiers are just, it doesn't it, get old. That, that, correct. It doesn't, doesn't get, old, get old, but, but, but as I said earlier, there's a regularity that has been created where these stories don't amaze you as much anymore. It, it, it really is remarkable and wondrous to meet an 18 year old who was just in a public high school in Texas. Uh. And decided to enter the Israeli army because he's had this dream. And I'm like, and I ask him the traditional questions. What do your classmates think? What do your parents think, et cetera? And of course, they all think he's crazy. But he's describing this feeling like, you know, this is what what I was meant to do. This is, you know, I have no choice. I have to, and I'm, you know, it's so, so yes, you're right. It never gets old and it doesn't get old. But it's unbelievable how 
with how much regularity these stories take place. This is not happening once a year. This is happening, you know, 40 soldiers a flight that are doing this and are deciding to spend the rest of their lives, you know, dedicated to the Jewish future and literally defend the homeland. And one of the, um, I'm trying to think now if it was a woman or, or one of the young men. Am I producing this show? Because if I am, you have five minutes. Okay. I'm just saying. Not uh, that I, not that I'm not totally enjoying every minute of this and would love to go into somebody else's time slot at nine o'clock but you know um well if it goes a minute or two over time i guess everyone will be understanding all right but i don't know if it was a young man or a young woman i've run me heads up but one of them said we to may me, be going long here one of them said to me yeah that um what was i saying I was talking lone about, soldiers, right? The lone soldiers, the regular regularity, but it doesn't get old. Oh yeah, one of them said to me, Texas. I said, "Where are you going in the army?" Mm. So a Columbia student who had finished, she had finished one year at Columbia, and decided that's it. I can't take this anymore. I got to get back to Israel. I said, "Oh, your parents." I must was going to say, and, and 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 I said, Ugh. "How many times have you been told in the last few months finish your degree? How right. many times? I can't. I'll finish it maybe in Israel. I can't. I got to get there. I, I miss it so much. I every time I'm in Israel, I feel like I belong there. I have to be there. So she was. She wants to be a Dover Tzahal. She wants to. Be, or I should say, I shouldn't say Dover Tzahal. She wants to be a communications person in the Israeli government. Okay, that's her goal. Political science major, etc. Okay. Then you meet some other people, and they're talking about the different types of jobs that they're aiming for in the army. And then this young person, I don't remember if it was a man or a woman, this young person says to me, I want to go straight to combat. I want to go straight to <laughs> oh, combat. I want to be in a combat unit oh. and really, you know, do what needs to be done. And I'm like, and this was, you know, on the heels of this awful story in Israel about the friendly fire. Mm. It was such a terrible story. And I'm saying, you know, nothing discourages certain people in our community that just want to defeat the enemy and defend the people of Israel. It's, uh, it's really amazing. So that was that was a key moment. Those interviews were were simply remarkable as they always are. I mean, it's lone soldiers picking themselves up after high school or just into college and doing this. And uh and then of course the retirees and and those who are uh you know, who who, who regret that it took them thirty years yeah. to make this decision or you know That'll be my interview. Or have made Aliyah so many times in their heads before. And yeah. of course I'm thinking about all this. And, of course. And and Rabbi Fass and I have a about an hour and a half left to the flight, Rabbi Fass and I have a heart-to-heart -heart talk. Um, off the air, folks. Off the air. About, yeah. about, well, our on-air conversation I thought was great. But off the air, we have this conversation about, uh, you know, all these things. Aliyah and the future of the Jewish people and what's going on in Israel and what they're trying to accomplish, etc. I mean, his words that were on the air about what we do here were just remarkable. and I can't thank him enough. It was so meaningful to me. And we're talking about all these things in depth. And... And one of the topics, of course, is that after all these years of preaching that the future of the Jewish people is in the state of Israel and, and me being able to cite multiple people who live in Israel because of me, who actually uh, moved to Israel right. because of me, I'm sitting there going, okay, we got <laughs> to figure this out because the clock is ticking and time is running out. So he and I had a very interesting talk about that. He is... For a guy who dreams and for a guy who, um, you know, who sees things way before they actually created, he has uh, a really practical aspect to himself that was very helpful in that conversation. So He's the best. He is amazing. He's just the he, best. He is among the greatest friends I have. I reminded the audience that uh, with when he, he and Tony were on, I reminded the audience that uh, within 48 hours after the fire in our studio, he was in my apartment and... <sighs> 
consoling me and uh, and what he had to tell me was which I will never discuss on the air was so personal and so helpful anyway you so remember that, that I had a meeting ironically enough that morning the the morning after the fire Monday ne- Monday Nefesh Benefesh was actually coming to Cross River and myself and Phil Goldfeder, Suzanne Anziska, and then Rabbi Fass and Yael Katzman were all sitting in the room. And talk about a, a, a personal moment. I mean, literally, like, I, I've spoken before about mourning an inanimate object. <laughs> We've spoken a lot about that. Correct. And the studio was an inanimate object, but ironically enough, it had the heart. It was the heart of everything that we did. So sitting with these four people in a room where I was supposed to, number one, be talking about business and number two have my head anywhere in the room and in the game was just not going to happen and I wasn't making sense and obviously the four of them all supportive and friends and wonderful and like family to me they they just they 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 were there as a comfort and there also to say like just just sit here we'll 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 pick up the ball here you know we'll play the game and when you're ready to get in you'll get in um and it was just, it was so meaningful to me for, for Yael and Rabbi Fast to be, of any meeting I was going to have that day, thank God it was them. Thank God it was them. And they were, it was literally like, you know, if you don't want to be here, don't be here. If, if, you got, if you need to go home, go home. That's what I got from Phil. And, he's, and, and, and he, like, they all understood that I was, number one, in shock. And number two, couldn't focus. And they were all fine with it because they were there to be supportive and to do whatever I needed to do. So he went from sitting with me, Rabbi Fast went from sitting with me to then going to you later in the day. And it couldn't, God could not have sent us a more perfect person to sit with both of us. When again, people don't know, you and I had not seen each other. We had just spoken once. I did not go to the studio on the day of the fire. Um, I was not present there. Um, so if there was going to be one person to connect us that day, and he was the shaliach, he's who God sent, Rabbi Josh Fast is the right person. No question about it. And like I said, the what he shared with me that day was uh, so comforting and so important. Yeah. Um, what can I tell you? He, he has, uh, and the entire organization, I mean, this is, this predates even you being involved in the network. I will never forget the initial meeting that I had with him probably in 2002 at what was then called the Larome Hotel in Jerusalem. (laughs) And we had this meeting. It was me and him, me and him. There was no business representative from either side. There was no additional discussion from anybody else. It was me and him. There was nobody else just discussing this dream, this, this, you know, concept that he created of making it as, as, easy as possible for North American Jews to um, to move to Israel. That was basically the conversation. And it's funny because you both are dreamers. Um, and so besides being brothers from another mother, you have that personality. Listen, not, not every sibling, one sibling can be a dreamer and another sibling is not a dreamer, is the most practical person in the world, right? But you have that commonality, that connection that allows you both to just, I don't know, you get it. 
Like, not yeah. everybody gets a dreamer, but it's, you both get it. It's why he, and again, this was reflected in our conversation on the air yesterday. Uh, it's why he has such appreciation for what goes on here, and I have tremendous admiration for what goes on in the Nefesh Nefesh campus, which is remarkable. Right. What's happening over there in Israel, and <laughs> he has more dreams and more future plans. It was funny. Uh, you know, he's talking about his future plans, and obviously my future plans is such a, uh, I should say our future plans is such a um, focus of mm-hmm. our discussions. Um, and I'm sharing with him, you know, where we hope to be right. as we move forward. And, you know, he's shepping nachas from that. And I'm, <laughs> and I'm listening to what he's, uh, you know, looking to accomplish even more than he's done in the past. And that's such a, you know, that became such an important focus of our conversation. So, And it's exceedingly gratifying to be able to bring Cross River into that conversation in terms of involvement with Nefesh Benefesh and, and, and just there's, there is so much crossover. Um, so being able, I didn't realize they were that much involved. That's funny. I didn't, I really didn't. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, what have they done? Well, we just, um, we just hosted their, their pre Aliyah or Aliyah, um, quote unquote barbecue expo in New Jersey a couple months ago, et cetera. And we do a variety of different programs together, et cetera, et cetera. And we're building this relationship, but it's a, um, as as Rabbi Fass would say and has said a million times, Zenana Vizenana. So nice. uh it's a it's a great thing. Baruch Hashem. Yep. Well, you were missed on the flight. Next time uh, tell your tell, tell those great people across the river to make sure that you uh, co host the show next time. Yes, thank you. Would you uh did you bring me back the uh business class little pouch, the the to me pouch that Probably in my seat waiting for me. That business class pouch generally goes to somebody else. Yes, I just didn't know if you. So it's here, but it's uh, <laughs> likely not going to go home with you. But uh, I can always <coughs> use an extra toothbrush, Nahum. That I might have here. Okay. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's funny because, ah, well, whatever. I can talk about this forever, but I guess we have to finish at some point. Uh, so there you have it. A very successful trip. I hope the reviews were good in terms of the show. I think the people on the plane appreciated it. I think they had, and I'm it. sure everyone was just happy to see you again. There are certain, there are certain barometers of normalcy. There are certain stalwarts that just represent that we're that things are back. And I believe, totally believe that you being on that plane probably let everyone exhale and take a deep, deep, deep exhale and say, "Look." We're back. Things are back to normal. We're doing this again. We're picking it back up. I mean, imagine it's like you emceeing a concert in not on a Zoom, (laughs) (laughs) right? It's seeing Nahum Siegel where Nahum Siegel is supposed to be doing Nahum Siegel's thing. Row 7. Wow. The Row 7 studio. It's always Row 7. The last few trips have been Row 7. Really? Yep. All right, you would remember that. I would never Trust remember me. that. Of course, you would remember that. But either way, like I'm sure everyone like saw you and was like, "Wow, we're you know we're back." Nachum's here. That's another thing. Should I, know, I, 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 don't should know I keep going? Do. I don't are, know. Are you, do you have time? Are you I, all right? I mean, I got I got a few minutes, but we just no. But do you have time in general? I'm talking about forget about the show. Do you have time? I have a couple minutes. So one of the things that um, was interesting about this whole experience is that I said to you earlier, a lot of people that we're used to seeing were not there. Right. And as Rabbi Fast described, both on and off the air to me, the staff is pretty pretty large right now. And it's, you know, although he makes an effort, obviously, to get to know everybody. But, you know, yeah. it's different than when you had five <laughs> people working for you and, you know, everyone's got the uh, same schedule, the same goals, right? It's a lot different. 
And I'm sitting there on the plane going, wow, you know, these new faces don't even realize how significant it is that we're doing this together. That when they see Tony and Josh come to our makeshift studio with excitement, they don't realize that there's such a history here and all of that. So that's that's another reason why the whole Shachar thing was, you know, because he was on our first flight ever. So I'm saying that this whole, you know, and and, and Avi Levine, of course. So this you whole, almost said Dov Levine, yeah, well, his brother. <laughs> yeah. But I, I, so all this, all this going on as as the show is happening and as this experience is is going on, it, it was like, yeah, uh, there's a lot of new, but thank God there are some people who appreciate the fact that some of the. Uh, the some of the things, some of the aspects of this flight that have always been tradition are in fact back, and I think that was important to a lot of people, not just to me, but you know, to others who were like, oh, you know, this is it's not just a charter, but we got the charter with the with the you know, the same broadcast and some of the elements of yesteryear that we wanted so badly to bring back. So that was a good feeling. You know, it's also, and we really do have to wrap it up. Okay. And I keep apologizing to everyone. Um, the other thing I just want to mention is that. If somebody was going to take my seat, I love that it was Shahar. Well, yeah, he took. Well, it was the guest seat. I, hey, Monty, he I mean my spot. He had his own seat in row eight, um, and then one of my fastest uh, children took the seat once the show was over, which was funny. Yeah, but I'm saying, like, if somebody was right, going to sit in that right, slot right. and was going to right, but but yes, yes, where I really needed, where I really why did the whole building just shake? Where I really needed that slot filled. Yeah, was as, as, as people probably could tell this closing was at the closing, mm. the last 10, 15 minutes. So if you do end up making it to one of these flights in the future, make sure you reserve the last 10, 15 minutes. Well, I'm telling you, I mean, I'm not producing that show. You're not? I don't know. What, what show are we talking about? I'm not on a plane. Oh, okay. We're not, saying, if you ever are. Okay. Then, then we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. But yes, the last 10 minutes are mine. There you go. 15. 17. Brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program heard on listener-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web, and NachumSegal.com, and the NachumSegal Network, and of course, on the beloved NSN app. Sorry about the overtime, and a big thank you to Miriam L. Wallach. <laughs> thank you, Nachum. For joining me, and you'll hear this conversation, or at least parts of it, uh, during, yeah. during that slide. <laughs> Rami's like, um, I think we have to cut your show short. I'm like, yeah, I think we do also. Starting at 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time. Uh, as we do a crossover between JBM and That's Life.